Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And I'm not excited about this week, what? but we're going to give it a shot. Yeah, we're going to give it a shot. Here's yeah. th- and here's the thing. This is a little bit of old Rich creeping back in me like, oh, this is dark beer. I don't like it. I don't like whatever, you know, and it just is. So this week we are drinking Black Lantern Pumpkin Stout by Wasatch. Yeah, Brewing Wasatch, Company, yeah. Out of Park City, Utah. Park City, Utah. Um Utah beer, which is super interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. But great can. I, the artwork is amazing. Yeah, I think so. Um, kind of pops on that silver on the top. Oh, it, too. Looks, it looks amazing. And if you look at the rest, if you go to their website and look at all of their art, I don't know who does it, but it's... Yeah, it's that solid. polygamy porter one is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They've got some, they have some great art. Anyway, so the first stout we've ever done, I know this, we went from normal beers to we went gateway beers to normal beers to... We're jumping off the deep end here. Well, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. And it's our first canned beer, too. So. Yep. That's interesting. And we'll... Uh... Ooh, Ooh there's, see, there's nothing like the sound of that. Dolan just opened his over there, too. So He's going to go drink for drink with us, I think. We're going to need to get him some help, maybe. I don't know. Ooh. Ooh. How do you pour a stout? Is that is there uh, is there a pouring technique to it that's different? Yeah, than just it? just like that. Just like that, and yep. then you get yep. like the yep. head is important to just like as in a regular beer too, or yeah, for the most part. The the main thing you want to do with the stout when you're when you're doing it for the first time is you don't want to drink it too cold. That's what I've heard. So you want mm-hmm. it around maybe fifty degrees or so. So usually what I'll do if I'm going to drink a stout, mm-hmm. especially a good expensive bottle of stout. Mm-hmm. I'll put it out uh, from the fridge for maybe like 10, 15 minutes before mm. I'm going to drink it just to warm it up because those so some of those flavors really pop out, especially a barrel-aged one. Mm-hmm. You get all that whiskey and vanilla and all that stuff. So, so I have drank enough beers with Steve Seitner to know this. I, that's a, yeah, <laughs> that's where, a tip you've absolutely learned. There was, there was one that we had at Avery just a couple of weeks ago where I tried it right away. Meh, it was okay. And then we let it sit for probably 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Completely different flavor. Yeah, for sure. So that's maybe that's probably what I'm going to do here. I'm just going to hit it now. And then we'll, as we talk, I'll try it a couple more times and we'll mm. see if it changes. Here we go. Mm. Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, okay, I can get down with that. So for me, I actually get some pumpkin flavor. Absolutely. Right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like pumpkin pie ish yep. flavor. And there's some cinnamon there, but it's not sweet like the other pumpkin beer that we did mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, the pumpkin. Not at all. Mm-mm. It doesn't have that boozy burn like that one was. That was well over what we're drinking here, 6% or something, 635. Six point one, 6.5, you're right. I got to tell you, I like it. So this beer, just from looking at it, this has what we would call good lacing. Lacing. Which is like the foam that's left on the glass. Okay. You want to have that. You actually add some stuff, some chemicals or components or however you want to think of it mm-hmm. ingredient there's a specific ingredient that you put into beer so we'll do this huh. that's something that you want to have and you one. want that you want to see that yep and this one has has pretty good lacing i'm really happy with this it's not dark like you wouldn't think like oh this is super heavy no here here's a question before we get into this uh, too deep mm-hmm. has guinness ruined it uh, no offense to guinness fans right has guinness ruined it for other stouts dark beers well yes and no here's why yes in the fact that that's what people think stout is right and that's true to a point in europe and and some places 
you can well you're going to get Guinness everywhere, mm-hmm. especially here. Anywhere you go here in the United States, you can get Guinness. Mm-hmm. But that's a specific style of stout that's a dry stout, and usually it's on nitro, mm-hmm. which the bubbles are a lot different. The texture is a lot smoother, um, so it's not like a stout that most brewers are brewing in the United States. Okay. So if you have never had one, and all you've had before is Guinness, mm-hmm. then you're going to think you're getting Guinness when you're not. When you're not getting yeah. Guinness, right. So that could be problematic for you. So, But that definitely isn't representative of the stout community as a whole. It's just a subset of stout. Okay. Like, because there's, you know, dry stouts, there's imperial stouts, there's barrel-aged imperial stouts, there's Russian stouts, there's chocolate stouts, there's sweet or pastry stouts. Mm-hmm. So there's like, this one is, you know, a fruit or vegetable stout, mm-hmm. which is another little thing that they have. So, so talk about, I know you've got some notes there. Mm-hmm. Talk about the, like the... The history of stouts and and, and sure. where that came from. So it started early as I could trace it back. The word, as it appears in, in like beer literature or recipes, was sixteen seventy seven. It was basically they were brewing porters. Mm. That's that's the style that it was first attached to. Gotcha. And I think maybe about seventeen twenty seventeen twenty five, they started brewing them um, a little bit stronger. Okay. The alcohol was a little bit higher, and those higher alcohol ones were called stout porters because the definition of the term stout is strong or bold. Sure. So it's going to be a little stronger than your normal porters, so that's the name that they attach to that style of beer. That would answer my just the question that just popped in my head, like what's the difference between a stout and a porter? Alcohol percentage, basically. Gotcha. And then Guinness happens, mm-hmm. 1776 oh. is when it starts. So we got our thing happening here. They're making Guinness. And they're just making beer over there. The whole world is different. Wow. That year. Wow. Groundbreaking. So that happens, and it's being exported and shipped all over Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, Not unlike, you know, the term like India Pale Ale. People always say that, like, they just threw a bunch of hops in the barrel to get it from here to there. Sure. Um, That sort of beer spread is what happened with stouts. There's, like, stories and rumors that um, Catherine the Great showed up in London like late 1700s and really liked stout, what they were calling it stout. Oh. And they started brewing it, brewing it stronger because that mm-hmm. was the kind that she liked. And then that's what the term like Russian imperial stout is because it was for the Russian family or for the Russian royal system there. And that's who was the main um, purchaser of that style of beer. Interesting. So that name and that designation is a couple hundred years old. So Russian imperial stout would just be a higher alcohol content than a standard yeah. stout? Okay. Yep. Okay. And then it's going to have usually, at least in nowadays, what we would call with that is going to it's going to always almost be in the barrel. Huh. Russian imperial stout is almost always barrel aged, it seems like. Aged. So, in, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a bourbon barrel nope. or whiskey barrel. Just some of sort of, yeah, okay. alcohol barrel. Okay. Um, and then, kind of like we've talked about before, the style just kind of died out. People stopped brewing it. Okay. Um, in the 1850s to 1900s, 1920s, all the way up to the 50s, it was pretty much gone. Hmm. And the reasons were some of the same. Um, they had to ration. Sure. For two world wars over there. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, there was a taxation issue on some of the grain ingredients that brewers were using. So they were 
because it was popular, they were taxing it to make you know okay. money, so people couldn't afford really to brew it. Yep. And then just taste changed over time as well. So because it is mm-hmm. on in general heavier style of drinking than like say a saison, which is also over there and popular and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's just kind of a like like we've said before, a style that was around and then it and then it wasn't. So Guinness lived on. Like yes. that brand lived yeah. on or whatever, and that's. But then, just in general, that style mm-hmm. kind of faded away. Yeah. So, like, kind of like you know, they were the big player mm-hmm. still today. I'm sure that was the case back then. So mm-hmm. they they were able to survive and maintain. Interesting. And then a lot of the little mom and pop shops were mm-hmm. not making it anymore. Right. And then it doesn't really show up here in the craft brew world, the United States, until like basically like everything, the explosion of the 80s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. So they trace it to, there's a guy out of uh, Washington, Yakima Brewing Company, allegedly made the first um, Russian Imperial Stout hmm. um, in the United States for a craft brewery like 1983. Oh, geez. So then it's kind of gone from there. It's big business. Mm-hmm. Like this is the style of beer um, besides IPAs that brewers can really show off what they can do. Mm-hmm. And there's so many variations. And this is where you get flavor, these styles of beer. Right. It's it's not like I thought it was going to be, that's for sure. So it's it's interesting. The pumpkin isn't super forward-facing. Like, it's it, it's there. Yeah. I, that's one of the reasons I like this one is just because you get the, the flavor of the mm-hmm. pumpkin but without the sweetness. It almost tastes like rind, if that makes sense. So okay. Like, like watermelon rind, that mm-hmm. sort of flavor, it has that. The pumpkin, mm-hmm. I assume it's... Don't let that scare you off, in. though. That's not. It's not. It's not yeah. offensive. It's not no. a bad flavor. It's just an earthiness. Uh-huh. Is is what I would say. And here's the thing. I, I love coffee a lot. Mm-hmm. There are way too many, and maybe I've just tried way too many coffee stouts. Yeah. That I just don't. It maybe just like, too bitter. Yeah, too cold coffee, like coffee left in my coffee cup at the end of the day, right. kind of taste. Yeah. So maybe that's where it comes from. I don't. It know. It could be. But yeah, know. you're you're right though. Like a lot of people. Uh, are scared off of just this color, mm-hmm. and they'll say, I don't drink dark beer, mm-hmm. but that just means they haven't had the right dark beer you yet. You haven't had the right one. This is uh, this is really where it's at. Interesting. I guess that's the same. I mean, it's I'll drink, I, I say I'll drink any IPA now, Like, mm-hmm. and Rich from a year ago would have nothing to do with that, but yeah. I will now... And I, I, so I see where you're coming from here. Like there, are, there are stout fans that will drink any stout. That will try anything mm-hmm. once. And doesn't mean every IPA I drink is good. Right. Right. I've had some. I've had some doozies out there that taste like you're chewing on pine cones. Yeah. But, and I, I mean, it's just it's not an attractive flavor whatsoever. So, I this is interesting. So this one to me, I mean, it says it's an imperial stout, mm-hmm. and when I think of an imperial stout, I think of a lot like a thickness mm-hmm. level that's a little bit different than this. Yep. Um, so this one I would say is it's is thin. It is thin. But that's where you're coming with that ABV. Now if this was nine or ten percent, then yep. it's gonna be it's definitely gonna be thicker in the glass. That's absolutely true. But there's one also, I want to do closer to Christmas. If I can get a bottle of it, my brother needs to come through for me on this. I know he listens to these. Um, Avery has that uh, raspberry trifale. Mm, which okay. is a very high ABV, like a 14 percenter. Oh. But it tastes like Christmas raspberry candy. Mm. And it, but it is very thick. That sounds all right. It, it's, it is quite, if you're in Colorado and you have any inkling whatsoever that you'd want to try a very good stout, mm-hmm. find that. Avery's Raspberry Trifali okay. is, uh, is, is, is very good. So um, let's talk about the brewery just yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. 
So Wasatch Brewing Company is located in Park City, Utah. Um, I did check with Bippin, our client manager for that area. Um, Park City is interesting because it's, it's a ski town. And there's a number of ski towns around there. So it's uh, part of Intermountain Healthcare. So the, the hospital is, uh, I wrote it down here, Park City Medical Center, part of Intermountain Healthcare. What's interesting, though, is they don't have a ton of needs because they're not huge. But what they do is they will hire for the main hospital, for the main, and I, I can't remember the city that is, it's very close to there. And then nurses will float to any, especially like OR nurses, mm-hmm. but they'll know ahead of time. Okay, okay, so this week I'm going to Park City. Next week I'm going to whichever one is, you know, there's there's five hospitals in that general area, in that ski town kind of area that they could float to. But they'll know ahead of time. It's not right. like, hey, good morning, you're going to Park City this morning right. or whatever. You, That's you, just due to the scheduled type of work yep. that they have going? Okay. Exactly. And so it's how they can utilize temporary staff or traveler staff um, but for that for that whole for that whole group of hospitals there around Park City. Um, so not not too far from the hospital. I, I know it's it, Park City is not huge, so I wouldn't say it's walking distance. definitely like short Uber distance okay. you know, from there. Um, it was started in 1986, so super early. Yeah. Um, it was the first craft brewery in Utah, which was interesting. Now, there were a lot of laws. I mean, if you're familiar with Utah at all, there's a lot of laws, and there were back then too, maybe even more, that said that he had to this Greg. I don't. I'm gonna butcher his name. Sheriff. Sheriff. C H C S C H R I F. Greg. I'm sorry. I butchered your name here. I'm sure yeah. it's not the first time. Anyway, good beer. I mean, yeah. You guys do a great job. But he started in um, first brewery in Utah. Got a lot of laws changed. Hmm. So he moved from the East Coast to to Utah and. Uh, Got a lot of those laws changed, and uh, is brewing brewing one heck of a beer here. So, uh, breweries open Monday through Friday, eleven to ten. Saturday and Sunday, ten to ten. They have a full food menu: pizza, burgers, wings, uh, appetizers. It looks pretty amazing. Nice. Um, they have the open table integrated right into their website. So, if you're on their website and you want to book a table, apparently, I mean, if you if you need a reservation, they must have good food. You would th- you would think. Yeah, um, I've been to a lot of breweries in my time, and they all have really good food. And this look this look pretty fantastic. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, but yeah, you can you can make a reservation right on their website. Uh, if I ever make it out that way, I I definitely will. Um, what's interesting though is about, and I grew up in Kansas, and so I was not not exactly like Utah, but we had different beer laws there. So, mm-hmm. um, and maybe this might have been part of my distaste for beer for so many years after make my high school college days up mm-hmm. until just a few years ago we had our beer was 3.2 yeah. percent right? that's just a, it was a kansas thing you couldn't buy on sundays all beer was three two so it tasted like water it wasn't that great right yeah. it just or it had just a bad flavor like it just it just wasn't good uh utah is the exact same way so any kind of liquor that comes into the state um or is served in restaurants or whatever, uh, or I'm sorry, not served in restaurants, but sold at, at grocery stores mm-hmm. or convenience stores is all three, too. You have to go to a packaged liquor store or a place that serves beer in order to get something with a higher alcohol content. Okay. So that's a 6.5 on this. That's how they can do that. Okay. I think like Oklahoma is that way, too, I believe. Is it? Yeah. Huh. And I, I still think to this day Kansas is is still a drink uh, yeah. on Sundays, Sunday, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't buy on and it's Sundays. Still three two. Hmm. That sucks. But that's, that's like you know 
beer recipes aren't meant for three, two, you know what I mean? Like they're right. going to have to change everything about that beer to sell it there. So it's right. not the Bud Light or the, you know, whatever you think you're drinking. It's not what you would get just to state away. That so taste is way different. It's probably, yeah, it's probably why you were just to take a time to adjust to that, mm-hmm. I suppose. That's exactly right. Longer than I would have maybe otherwise. So yeah, yeah, you're right though. I, you know, so I let this warm up a little bit mm-hmm. and there is a, there's a definite different flavor. Yeah. It's almost not as sweet. Mm-hmm. Not that it was really sweet in the first place. Right. Um, it lost some of that sweetness. And I don't think that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty easy drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good, I would say it's a good entry level just because of the thinness. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not overpowering in the glass. You're not going to be thinking you're drinking a glass of mud or anything like that. Right. Uh, the pumpkin flavor is there. Um, so if you're looking for that, you can find it here. Super interesting. Yeah. I was not looking forward to today, and I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, good. That's really... The back of the can... I go back to the artwork on mm-hmm. the can. The back of the can is fantastic. Like, you can tell they they really care. We, they really care about what they're doing. And not that, you know, other breweries right. don't. From the, uh, this, uh, the description of the beer on the back. So they don't just describe it like, hey, this is a pumpkin stout or whatever. Mm-hmm. From the depths of our fermentation cellar, this beer started out as our brewer's favorite blend, mixing imperial stout with a pumpkin ale to create this terrifyingly delicious pumpkin stout. I always thought that would be a killer job to be like mm. graphic designer or something, work for a brewery. That'd be so much fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Because they're always changing. You know, packaging... Shelf space is so limited. They've got to do everything they can to get your attention, right? So, yep. like, they can't just put out junk. They have to really spend time and money mm-hmm. on that sort of stuff. And that's one of the other things I really like about craft beer and, mm-hmm. and basically the obsession of drinking as many different kinds as you can is you get to see all these different things right. and appreciate them. I always tell people it's like adult baseball cards. It's I, like you got to see that one, and you can, you'll remember that can wherever mm-hmm. you're going and and so two years from now, that will probably look different. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good just, correlation, though. I mean, that's a really good explanation of that, too. That's what I feel like Untapped is, is my mm-hmm. my uh, three-ring binder of plastic sleeves with all my Sean Dunstan cards in it. You know Sean I mean? Dunstan. I pulled Man. out the sean meter for you. That's right. God, that guy was awesome. He dropped one six rows into the stands, though, If you <laughs> <laughs> at, at, at 110 miles an hour, too. He could uncork one. Yep. I can only imagine. Was that Grace? Was that Mark Grace on the... Playing first base, yeah. Mark time. Grace, yeah. They had a good, good infield then. Could you imagine that coming at you? I don't. Uh-uh. No. Baseball knowledge too. I love it. There we are. Love it. You're All right. Not, you're probably not drinking this at Wrigley though. No, this no. is not a baseball beer whatsoever. So no. This is a this kind of day, cold, and uh, you know, yeah, stay, stay inside. Kind cold of day and gray, day. which yep. is perfect for this. This is why I love this time of year because this is Absolutely. my go-to style beer. No, yeah. I love it. Awesome. All right, Brian. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I, thanks, uh, Rich. I'm I, like I said, I, I I will try different ones now because of this, and I Good. think that's the, that's the point. So get out there and try something. Try something different. And if you try something different and you like it, send us a message. Yeah, for sure. We'd be happy to try it. And if you go like to most big package stores or grocery stores, you can you can get uh, a mixed six pack. So if you want to take a chance on something and you don't want to you know buy a whole six pack or twelve pack or whatever it's going to be, you know. Buy six different ones, and that's that's where I pulled one of these from. It was a mixed six-pack that I had the other day. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to cost you a whole bunch of money just to try something different. You never know what you're going to find. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. 